If you would allow me, I, I, man. You get talking about mercy. And the question is, where would we be? Had it not been. I, I leaned over and told your pastor a while ago, I said, Reminds me of that song where mercy said no. I'm not going to let you go. And I feel that same mercy here in this house this morning. Uh, so if you will allow me, I, I want to direct our attention to the book of Lamentations chapter 3. And I want to read verse 21 through 23 in your hearing. Lamentations chapter 3. Verse 21, and uh, please, I, I don't want to get into it with the sound men today, but I do need some more monitor up here uh, because this is probably about as quiet as I'm going to be, and, and I'm having a little trouble. Maybe it's old age. I, I don't know. Uh, it, as you can tell, I, I don't have the hearing aids behind my ear yet, and uh, though my wife has tried to get me to go several times, but I told her she wanted to go, she can go, but... But I, I do want to share with you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Lamentations chapter 3 and, and verse 21. This I recall to my mind. And therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies. My God, we need to listen. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. I don't care what you did last night. His compassions fail not. And they are new every morning. So when I got up this morning... Mercy and grace was still reaching. I said mercy and grace was still reaching for me. No matter what I had done, I want to tell you this morning that the true first responder is still mercy. It's not the EMFs and the EMTs. I'm telling somebody it's mercy this morning. Let's lift up our hands and thank God for his mercy and his grace. Uh, God, I come to you again this morning. Uh, I thank you, God, for what you have done uh, and what you're going to do. Uh, because I know that mercy uh, has walked into this house uh, and it's reaching uh, and it's speaking. Uh, and God, I want to give you the praise, uh, the glory, and the honor that's due unto your holy It's of the Lord's mercies. It's of the Lord's mercies. We are not consumed. <laughs> and you may be seated in Jesus' name. 
for a title this morning. And please hear me out. Don't get upset with me. Don't even disagree with me until I'm through. We could put on the screen, God's not fair, and could put a question mark after it. We could even write it down again, God's not fair, with an exclamation mark. But I've come to preach today that God's not fair. And that's a period. You see, there are 276 matches for the word mercy in the Bible. That's a whole lot of mercy to go around. And I understand and you understand that mercy is a blessing resulting from divine favor. You see, I, I don't deserve it, but, oh God, it's a favor that, that you've reached down and given to me even when I didn't deserve it. And it's pity that is shown to an offender. And I've come to declare that God Almighty has walked in here and he is saying, I'll give you mercy. I don't care where you've been because the Lord's mercies. Woo! <laughs> That's why we're not consumed. I understand that I can take you to the book of 2 Samuel chapter 12. And I will begin in verse 1. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in the one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. I want you to understand that David had committed a grave error. When he should have been in battle, he was standing on the rooftop and he beheld a beautiful lady by the name of Bathsheba and he took her unlawfully and went into her. I've come to declare that with God, I want you to know 
though he was still reaching because he sent him a man of God to say you can still be right if you make yourself repentant unto God. I don't know what's taking place, but I have come to tell somebody that if you're the man or you're the woman, there's forgiveness and cleansing in this house today. Woo! So I've come to tell somebody that no matter what the sin is, mercy and grace is still greater. There's not a sin too big. God, I wish somebody help me preach. There's not a sin that's too black that he can't cleanse and wash away. I dropped down to verse 13 and David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Somebody hear me today. Restoration begins with accountability. We're living in a day and an age when too many folk want to cover up what they've done. Why don't you bring it to Calvary? I said, why don't you bring it to Calvary? I don't care what it is. I don't care what you've done. God's just looking for somebody that will say, my God, I've sinned and I need salvation. My God, I'm reaching for somebody in this house that the enemy has lied to. But I'm telling you, mercy, mercy is reaching this morning. He could have said, it's Bathsheba's fault. She shouldn't have been out there. Or she's way too pretty. Why is it we can't get folks that will just stand up? What, what, why is it? Why is it the altar? We got folks that are scared of it. I want to tell somebody, if you and I are ever saved, it'll be because there's altars in our lives. Because an altar is a place of accountability between you and God. And without it, you ain't going to make it. But I'm preaching to somebody, if you fall in it today, God will save to the uttermost. 
Well, that's just my, that's just my, my generational curse. Then let's break it today. My great-grandfather was a denominal preacher. My grandfather was an alcoholic. And my dad liked to drink. But thank God for Calvary. Come on, somebody. Because if I continued down that line, no telling where I'd be today. But folks, I got to tell you, I'm glad that mercy reached for me. can't man up or how many folks fall in sin and then we'll we'll just take off run to another church I'll get a fresh start the only place you're going to get a fresh start is at Calvary I've seen them run from Missouri to Tennessee. You know what happened? It followed them there. Woo! I've seen them run from Indiana to Michigan. I'll get it. No, no. The only fresh start initiative there's ever been is still at Calvary where the blood is applied. Woo! We're mercy. My God, I'm preaching to somebody in his house. Come on. It's time to get up. It's time to run to this altar and make up your mind that God is greater and mercy will work. Can I get a witness in the house? Many times we want to place the blame on the preacher. And there's some things only you and I can do. Oh, we won't blame the church. Don't you dare blame the church if you ain't been in the altar. I said restoration begins with accountability. And that accountability begins with you and I. David could have made a million and one excuses. 
even as our society does today. But I'm telling somebody when he said, I'm the man. Oh, I'm the man, Nathan. I'm the man. I'm preaching to somebody in this house that the enemy has tried to tell you you've gone too far. Your sin is too great. I've come to declare there's not a sin that his blood cannot cleanse. I've come to tell somebody there isn't anything in your past that he can't and won't forgive if you let him. Lift up your hands all across this house and love him with me. The psalmist said in chapter 103, verse 8, the Lord is, is merciful and, and gracious, slow to anger. It's of his mercies. Ah. Slow to anger and plenty of sin. There it is again. Can't get away from it. He will not always chide and neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Because if he had it, he'd been fair. The reason you and I sit here is because he was not Fair. Now, I, I want to tell somebody. I used to play a little ball. I'm, I'm a little old now and, and afraid I might break a leg. But don't change the rules in the middle of the game. Oh, somebody help me here. You want to see this Southeast Missouri boy get mad, then, then start changing the rules. I want to tell somebody, thank God he's not fair, conforming with the rules. Woo! I'm telling somebody, he will not keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. If he had of us, none of us would be here. My God, some of us saints ought to be on our tiptoes when we recognize if God had been fair. My God, I wouldn't be here this morning. My God, don't tell me to sit down and be quiet uh, and not shout. Because uh, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, uh, I can't help uh, but exalt his name. many times uh, did the enemy try to take us out uh, but mercy stood in its way oh, 
of God. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that to fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. And as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, and he remembereth that we are dust. As for men, his days are as grass, and as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the east, for the wind passeth over it, and is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting. There's no point of origin with the east to the west. You got the north, north Pole and the South Pole, but it's not that way on the east and the west. It's just continual. Oh, God. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting. God, I'm talking to somebody that laid on your bed last night, and the enemy told you you're not good enough. You've wept and cried, and the enemy has continually used it against you. Isn't it amazing? He'll get you involved and then make fun of you. <laughs> oh, and lie to you and tell you you can't. But this preacher walked in here this morning to tell you that mercy is greater than anything you've ever done. And this morning, he's reaching for you. This morning, his mercy is pulling on your heart. Don't sit there and miss this day of salvation. years ago there's a church I've preached at many times and every year I'd come back for revival and the pastor's sons would be backslidden if I prayed them through once I've prayed them through several times. And I don't regret it. In fact, just let me throw this in. You better be careful when you don't want to show mercy to somebody except your own family. Some of you want everybody to pray for your family. But it's amazing to me when somebody else's kids are in the altar, you'll sit back and watch. So what you're, te oh, what you're telling me is they can go to hell. But that's not what mercy says. Come on, somebody. I don't know the shoes they've walked in. I don't know, Brother Luke St. Clair, what it's like to be addicted to drugs. I've never had them in my veins. And God only knows where you and I'd be had we have ever tried it. Yeah. 
Somebody going to come pray here in a little bit. I feel it. And I'm asking you, are you going to extend mercy? Because I'm beginning to understand that's one of the greatest attributes of God. It don't matter. It don't matter where I've been. It don't matter where you've been. I'm preaching to somebody. Mercy's in this house today. Some of us would be scared to stand before a judge because of what we've done. But I'm telling somebody, the only judge that matters is here on this and he's saying come home my grace and forgiveness is greater than anything you've ever done so I go back to this church and both the boys are backslidden again. And you get up and you preach your heart. The oldest one ran to the altar. And I got down there with him. And I started praying with him. So this is where I got the thought. He was praying. And I mean, he's crying. He, he, he's, he's, he's saying, God... You're not fair. You're not fair. You're not fair. And I'm going to tell you, I want to say, my God, son, I've prayed you through a dozen times. And you're telling God he's not fair makes me want to slap your jaws. Thank God I didn't do it. And then Brother St. Clair, he said, God, I was involved in a serious wreck just a few weeks ago. And I believe his arm was still in a cast and his, his knee was all messed up. He was running about 70 miles an hour and flipped a four-wheeler. Should have killed him. And he said, but God, you're not fair because I should have been dead. I should have been burning in hell by now. But because you weren't fair, and I thought, my God, he's telling it right. <laughs> Brother Wendell, where would we have been had God not showed up in some of our situations when we were lost and undone and on our way to hell? But mercy said no. Woo! I'm preaching to somebody. Mercy said no. Not this time. Would you lift up your hands and love him with me? Somebody ought to run to this altar this morning. Somebody that God has kept when 
when we didn't deserve it ought to run to this altar. Saints of God, come and help me. Let's find somebody to pray with. Let's extend unto them what God did for us. Come on, church. Come on, families. Come on, mama. Come on, daddy. Come on, families. What are we waiting on here this morning? Somebody help me, somebody help me, somebody help me. Somebody help me. Come on, sir. Restoration begins with accountability. It's me, God. I'm the man. I'm the woman. I need mercy. Of the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. 